thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Moshe Yosef. And um, to all the, the TV parents here that I know who have become family to me, um, and I to them, I'm so grateful um, for your warmth and love. And it's a great privilege to be here with all of you. There's tremendous um, koach in this room. I, I hope you feel it. Um, the love that emanates from all of you and all the hard work you're doing, it's incredibly inspiring. It's um, You're healing um, the world with this. Thank you so much. Um, my name is Mary Pinellis. Um, I'm an acupuncturist and herbalist. I've been in practice um, for 12 years, private practice, and I've treated over 2,000 patients. And I've seen a lot of trauma and its different manifestations. And um, about uh, a few weeks ago, I did the TP training. I came as a practitioner because I was learning about it from patients and wanted to see, learn more for myself to see how I could help better in the treatment room. And I was in deep awe and gratitude of the work happening here. Um, and I, want, I, I, I shared with Avi a little bit of the work that I do to see, uh, so that I could share with you how um, to give you another resource for your kids and for yourselves as well. Um, I don't see kids, many teenagers in my practice um, at stage four, and that could be because it's not um, their time to receive it, but I also think it's part of the Western medical model that's not integrating acupuncture and Chinese medicine into recovery. Um, I'll explain soon where it's starting to, but it, this is a very powerful tool for people in recovery. Um, I do see people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s still recovering from trauma. And for some of them, it's because they didn't have parents like you when they were teenagers um, to, to help them move through the pain and move forward in life, and so it became repressed. Um, or perhaps they did have, you know, help, but, but it wasn't their time to move through and beyond. So I watch how trauma is affecting the body and showing up as various symptoms and, and, and chronic diseases. And I want to share um, how powerful the Chinese medicine is in alleviating the pain, the physical and the, and the emotional pain. Can I just see a show of hands? How many people have experienced Chinese medicine, acupuncture, or herbs? Okay, quite a lot. That's great. Okay, so um, some of this will be review. Okay, so what I want to talk about today is um, what is Chinese medicine? Why is it so effective? Um, it literally works within seconds. Within seconds of a treatment beginning, a patient feels calm. That's very powerful medicine. Um, within a couple days of a patient taking the herbs that are specific to their condition, they're feeling better. So let's learn why it's so effective and also why I think it's necessary. It's a necessary component of healing from trauma and PTSD. And then I'm going to go through some examples of some people that I've worked with to show you how um, the trajectory of healing. So when a person calls um, for help to, to, come, to come in for an appointment, um, they call about the following symptoms happening in their body. So they report anxiety and depression, a tight chest, a racing heart, shortness of breath, fatigue, exhaustion, brain fog, obsessive thinking, obsessive compulsive behaviors, insomnia, nightmares, night sweats, and suicidal ideation. Oh, sorry, I'm clicking myself. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay, here we are. Okay. So... Sure. Okay. So um, these are people. These are the symptoms people come in with. These are perhaps acute symptoms. They're experiencing them for the for a few weeks or maybe months, even years. Um, young adults are living with these symptoms. Now, what I also see because I'm seeing people later on um, is chronic health disease patterns that are showing up, often rooted back to trauma. So in women, we see a lot of um, PMS and dysmenorrhea, very painful periods, severe um, gynecological disorders. Um, I'm talking like severe 
according to Chinese medicine, any kind of menstrual disorder is not normal. It's something that has become accepted as okay, but any sort of pain is not necessary. But these women are having severe pain. They're being hospitalized, um, severe cases of endometriosis, also seeing postpartum depression. So um, a lot of women wake up to their traumas that have been repressed after having a child. It's something I see a lot. So um, that's sometimes um, a red flag for practitioners. Uh, people manifest their traumas with dizziness, high blood pressure, migraines, allergies, chronic pain, chronic back pain, chronic neck pain, um, autoimmune disorders, IBS, colitis, and Crohn's. This is stress attacking the gastrointestinal system and also cancer. So they're very uncomfortable. Aside, in addition to the deep emotional pain that they're experiencing, there's, they're physiologically very uncomfortable. Babette Rothschild, a trauma therapist, said the first goal, sorry, I keep forgetting. <laughs> um, the first goal of trauma recovery should and must be to improve your quality of life on a daily basis. So um, life in general, and especially life in recovery, is very hard when you're so uncomfortable. You can't sleep. You can't eat. Acupuncture and herbal medicine provides relief of symptoms and very quick relief of symptoms uh, to facilitate the healing process of our kids. Trauma is in the body. This might be something you're hearing a lot about um, in the trauma recovery world. A lot of the psychologists and psychiatrists, the books being written now are about trauma living in the body. And I find this to be very good news um, for two reasons. One is we can treat the body. Um, we have very good tools. Um, I'm here to talk about Chinese medicine, but affectionate touch, um, massage, somatic therapy, there's so much in the world now to help our loved ones in trauma, and we can really heal the body, and you'll see soon with my case examples how quickly the body can heal. So we can heal the body. We can we can get we can get people feeling better. Two, we're body and soul. So we're all Jewish people in this room, and we we are all very well aware that we are neshama and guf, we're body and soul. And I find this to be a very uh, necessary component of healing. It doesn't have to be spoken outright. And I know Avi trains um, that religion is not something that's really brought up. And I don't think it has to be brought up to remind a person that they're bigger than their body, that they have a soul within. The soul and body of a Jewish person is interconnected. The soul lives in the blood. The blood flows through the body. And so I find it important to convey to my patients um, in a way that they can receive, each on their own level, that there's more to them um, and that they have the power already within them to heal and they have a lot supporting them. And acupuncture has a way of helping by helping the body calm down and calming the nervous system down calming the anxiety down a person can get in touch with this themselves so some of the benefits of coming to see a Chinese medicine practitioner is um, the the environment so most practitioners um, create their office space, their healing space, to be a very calm, warm, inviting office. It's not a sterile um, medical environment. So people are coming for treatment and healing. The moment they walk in the door, they already feel calm. The lighting is set to a certain, each, each practitioner um, in their own way. But for most of the people, my colleagues, um, the lighting is set in a certain way. There's aromatherapy moving throughout the office. Um, there's inspiring messages wherever you look. So already before a person's body is worked on, they're already calming down. Okay, calming down is key, right, when we're working with anxiety and trauma. Um, there's a, in the Chinese medicine world, the, the perspective is not about fixing. It's not about masking symptoms. It's not about medicating to push something away and just to push through it. The focus is on healing the root cause of a disorder. 
just like you and your work here, you're healing the root. You're healing the heart with your love. In Chinese medicine, we're healing the root cause of disease. So already, you know, there's a feeling of um, of acceptance when a person walks in that there's nothing, whatever is happening, we we accept and we're going to work with to to transform. It's also a very, it's an in-body experience, which I think is also, if we're talking about trauma being in the body, we have to work with the body to help it heal. So a person comes in and speaks, but after we speak and we talk about what's going on, their body is worked with. And um, this is this is done on the patient's own terms. So a person can lay down if they want to, they can be seated for treatment, they can not have treatment one day. Most people don't refuse it because it feels so good. But I always leave it up to the person. Um, usually a treatment is um, a patient lays down. It's a warm bed. It's heated. You know, there's soft lighting. There's music playing. Already they're relaxing. Um, before a patient's even um, touched, there's a lot that goes or before a needle's inserted I do a lot to calm the body down, to let the body know that um, a treatment's about to happen. Okay, and what happens is when the body calms down, patients become very quickly aware of how busy their minds are. And so their body starts to relax, they sink into the table, they're almost asleep, but their mind's going like crazy. And I really like when this happens because it gives them a sense of mind versus body, and they start to recognize different parts of themselves, and they start to just to have the awareness that there's all these parts of me and I can do different things to calm my body down and then I have I have things that I can do to calm my mind down and it begins a conversation of lifestyle modification and things that they can do to help themselves at home. It's a cool experience. So acupuncture is not something that most kids or or adults even are growing up with in the in the in our western medical model and um, most patients, but also people in recovery from trauma, find it very interesting. Um, they're very curious about it, and it's an experience of their body that they've never had. And it becomes a positive experience and a positive association, and they see their body um, as something interesting, their body as something cool, and and eventually as their ally. Um, the other benefit of Chinese medicine is that nothing has to be spoken. And so um, people come in with their symptoms, as I said, and they never have to tell me what's happened. Um, I don't have to know history to be able to treat them effectively and alleviate their pain. Um, so some people just come in and they get on the table and they say, treat me. Like, just, I want to tune off and we can do that. And But most people talk. Most people want to talk. They get some things off their chest for a few minutes and then they... They lay down and they get their, their body treated. And another major benefit of this medicine is there are no side effects. Okay, This is a natural medicine. There's nothing in the needles. There's no medication. It's very safe. And there's usually never a side effect unless a person doesn't eat before they come in. <laughs> Sometimes they get lightheaded, so I always have food around. But there's nothing negative that can happen, no matter the me what medication your child might be on, no matter what underlying disease or symptoms may be going on. This is this can work for anybody. Okay, so I want to explain a little bit about how Chinese medicine views emotional pain and disease, and, and get into how it works. So anxiety and depression are not brain disorders. According to Chinese medicine, there actually isn't much talk of the brain when we're learning um, in our in our medical schools. Um, anxiety is seen as a disease of the body. Okay, so what's being talked about now is trauma in the body has been talked about for thousands of years in Chinese medicine. The trauma lives in the body in the organ systems, and this we have in Torah also the connection between organs and emotions. So the kidney organ is associated with fear, with courage, um, with the nervous system. This is one of the major organs treated in trauma recovery. The liver organ is associated with anger, frustration, irritability, and it's um, each or each um, 
emotion has its its virtue, right? Also, so self-esteem, self-worth. The heart organ is associated with joy or the lack of it. Um, and each organ, with each emotion, it manifests in the body differently. So when if there's a problem with the kidney, we're going to see a lot of back pain, sciatica, reproductive um, disorders, um, hyper, hyperactive ner- nervous systems. When there's congestion in the liver, we're going to see a lot of irritability, a lot, high blood pressure, a lot of hyperactivity. Um, disease and trauma is unique to the individual. Each each person is their own world. And so it's the benefit here is that we're really tuning into how is trauma manifesting in this particular person, what are their particular symptoms, and they get their own unique treatment. No two treatments are ever alike. And what we do with the acupuncture and the, the herbs is we balance these organs. So all the different herbs that we use, hundreds of different herbs that Moshe Yosef was talking about, they each go to diff- specific organ systems. It's a very elegant, beautiful medicine. So what is it? It's comprised of five pillars. We use acupuncture, herbs, diet modification, twena, which is a body um, manual therapy and qigong, which is a, which is a meditative movement. I'm going to talk mostly about acupuncture and herbs because it's most at what mostly what's used and um, most effective. Qigong. You want to hear about it? Okay. Sure. I. The truth is, I don't do it a lot. <laughs> I've been told all my life to do it. <laughs> it's a very yeah, there are videos. Okay, so you can find it online on YouTube. There are free videos of demonstra- of, of of instructors demonstrating qigong. It's a very slow meditative movement. If you've ever seen in the parks, um, Chinese groups of Chinese people doing slow moving tai chi. They you do tai chi, but qigong is different. It's even slower, um, and. Um, it's it's used in Parkinson's recovery. It's used in many different um, many different ways. Um, but we're how I'm working with patients is with mostly with the acupuncture and herbs, um, just to get them to a, like a, a healthy baseline, and then we can bring then you can bring in things like qigong and healthy eating. Um, acupuncture is the insertion of very fine needles into different parts of the body to affect change. In one of the organs that we talked about, it's very effective in regulating the nervous system, the hormones, and bringing calm to a person immediately. So people come into the office stressed out, neck pain, anxious, shut down, um, for various reasons at all stages of life. And I think people here can testify, everyone walks out with a smile. No matter what a person walked in with that day, no matter the physical pain they're in, the emotional pain, they walk out smiling, lighter, breathing deeper. It's a very fast-acting medicine. It's it's absolutely amazing. And the herbs work very similarly. So for anyone who's needle-phobic or um, isn't ready for touch, we can use herbs to, to achieve the same effect. Um, I was working with a gentleman in... Um, just the other day, who didn't speak about his past, but came in with a very hyperactive nervous system and um, had recently become sober and was looking for something else to add to his life to support him, um, something healthy, something natural. And um, he had um, the the picture of, of PTSD um, in his body through the assessment I did. And we did a really great treatment. It was super, super effective. He walked out very relaxed. And um, he took home herbs to for the kidneys, for the, the nervous system. And then I, I got to treat his wife the following day. And she told me that he woke up to this morning and he, he was so calm. He didn't know what to do with himself. He's so used to waking up like buzzed, like like revved, ready to go, a million things to do. And doesn't, you know, the feeling of you can't accomplish if you don't slow down. But he, within two doses of herbal medicine, he, it was, it was like a a switch flipped. It's, they're, the, 
the herbs are usually a common, like 20 to 30 er, different herbs in every mix. Okay. Yeah. You have, like, yeah. 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 Okay. Sure. Okay. It's great. Yeah. Baruch Hashem. Um, I won't go into the um, Western theory so much, but this is an ancient medicine. So we have thousands of years, 100-year-old textbooks um, and um, doctors' writings. So we know it works. It's been working. It's still around. We're still using it. The Western medical world is trying to understand it. And it's very, it's a very hard medicine to understand because there's very hard, in clinical research, you have to control the environment and there's a lot of things you have to control. And you can't really do that with this medicine so well, but they are using MRI studies and other models of research and they are showing, um, over and over that the acupuncture does regulate the nervous system, this trauma that's hijacked the body. It does regulate the hormones. Uh, it is affecting blood chemistry, and this is why we're now seeing acupuncture being brought into addiction recovery centers, it's being brought into fertility centers, and it's being brought into cancer treatment centers. There was a psychiatrist by the name of Dr. Michael Smith from California who in the 70s moved to the South Bronx and worked in Lincoln Hospital, and he heard a story about a, um, a surgery that occurred in China where they used acupuncture alone as the anesthesia. You may have heard of this, that this is done. And the patient, when the patient woke up from the surgery, he no longer had his addiction to opium. So Dr. Smith read about this and did more research on um, the effects of acupuncture and addiction. And he started, he brought it into his hospital and to what's now called the NADA protocol, which um, I'm bringing up because it's something I use in treatment. Patients get th- these points, but this is auricular acupuncture. This is acupuncture just in the ear. And the points that Dr. Smith chose were the five organs that I spoke to you about where emotions are imbalanced. Um, and the whole body, the whole person can be treated just from this, from the ear. And so he made it very easy. So any therapist, any EMT, anyone with a license to heal or a license to touch can do this training. It doesn't take very long. I don't think think it's expensive. And you can you could administer this to your patients and start treating the body. Because um, I know there's some practitioners in this room. You can start treating um, the body. And I think what what a gift to the modern psychology model where. Um, people have to talk through very difficult, difficult things. If we can get the body into a calmer space, I think it could be just so much more effective and um, protective of a person. We could even do it in this room <laughs> for everyone. Um, I want to say one quote from Dr. Smith. He really, really had a, I had the privilege of training at this hospital when he was there when he was um, still with us, and he he really understood the power of acupuncture and what I said earlier this evening about tapping into the soul and helping a person um, access the deeper good part of themselves. And this is what he said about his protocol. Nada is not like a pill. A pill does not have wisdom, but acupuncture has wisdom from the very first. Pills do the same thing every time, but very very few things in life are like that. Acupuncture is nothing like that. It works in animals and plants. It's balancing, normalizing, and restorative. In the field of addiction and trauma, acupuncture, bless you, acupuncture helps people survive in the first days of recovery. It doesn't necessarily solve anything, but it puts people in a useful space. Dr. Smith saw that when he would needle patients, and he was in the South Bronx in the 70s, he was working with a very difficult population. And he, he knew he, he had little time to get through to them. And he saw that with the power of acupuncture with the needle, his patients would say to him, what's in the needle? Yeah, I feel so good. I feel so light. I feel happy. There's light. And he said, there's nothing in the needle. And he said, the patients then realize if there's nothing in the needle, if there's nothing outside of me putting good in me, that means the good's inside of me. And the healing... Only, the healing only grew from there. 
Okay. So, so what is health according to Chinese medicine? This is just a, a little bit of medical theory um, to help you understand what's going on, because this is a very big question. How does it work? What's really going on? Health, thank you. Health according to health according to Chinese medicine is described as the optimal flow of blood and qi through the body. Qi for for now we'll just um, we'll call oxygen, lymph, vitamins. So as long as things are flowing optimally through the body, there's health and there's no disease and there's no pain. So this is um, a model of the map of the acupuncture points. They're all over the body, front, back, head, arms, and legs, and it's. It's the here where we place the needles to affect change. And the Chinese describe these meridians, these channels, as rivers. Okay? Each each of these lines on the body that you see corresponds to one of those organs we talked about. So if this is a it's a lot of work. So so if we're thinking about rivers running through the body, you can think of this as the vascular system, right? The veins and arteries. You can imagine them as a river system. If this is a picture of ideal health, where there's clear water, um, lush vegetation, a beautiful day, this might be the image of somebody who's healthy, who's vital, energetic, can think clearly. And then something happens to the body, either an external invasion um, and we're talking about shock, trauma, an accident, um, an infection, a virus, right? Or something from the inside. So something a person ate, um, emotional pain, repressed pain, and the way a person's living their life, um, substance abuse. What happens to the riverbed? It gets really clogged up, right? This is how, this is how the ancient Chinese doctors talked about disease. They said, okay, the, this river's gotten stuffed up. It's overflowing. Um, there's too much water now. It's, it's, um, it's clogged. And so we're seeing pain. So if we, if the way I see this in a person is you, you can see the fog, the, the overwhelming dampness. This is brain fog. This is, um, um, this is how I describe what weed does to a person. Not that, you know, I tell people what to do, but I do explain to them the effects of what they're doing to their body. This is also maybe what um, any kind of gastrointestinal disease might look like, an over, over-inflamed gut with a lot of mucus. Um, women with menstrual pain, PCOS, it's too much inflammation and dampness in the body, and we use very specific medicinals to clear it up. So the herbs chosen for a picture like this, for a body like this, would be herbs that dry up the excess water, clear up the air, clear up the fog. There's herbs specific that go to the head to clear up the brain. There's herbs specific to go into the uterus to clear up any excess inflammation there. And this is treating root cause of disease. This is not giving a person a pill um, and hoping it's going to affect all these different parts of them. Okay. Sometimes people look like this and this is um, right. Their water, their system in their body is shut down completely frozen. This is people with very cold hands and feet, we see Raynaud's syndrome a lot in trauma, um, infertility. What do we do? We don't just give you know a medication for the brain to keep them calm. We go into the root of what's happening in the body. We use warming herbs like cinnamon and warming modalities to warm up, melt the ice in them, and get blood flowing through where it needs to go again. This image I'm bringing up for the for the kids. For the really young kids, because I'm getting more and more questions and parents coming to see me about ADHD and young kids who, you know, they're trying medications and they're very dissatisfied with what's happening with their kids. It might be helping a little, but there's tremendous side effects um, and they're looking for other things. So kids, right, this is a chop, vision of a choppy water, a very active waterbed. So that's kids, right? Kids are Kids are meant to be active and lively. But um, they're sometimes with ADHD, it's just a little imbalanced, um, and so you know the medications are are doing something to the brain, but it's not getting to the root cause of why the child's hyperactive, which is something inside the body. There's an overactive what we call liver, and we need a specific herb to calm the excess energy down, not to um, not to mask or suppress anything, but just to bring the child back into balance. 
you can give herbs to it to children as young as four years old. Yeah, so obviously, you know, I don't treat kids with needles under age nine. They just don't want it. Um, it's possible, but they don't want it. And we use herbs and massage instead. Okay. So, um, quickly, how do we, how do we, um, how do we diagnose which part of this person is being affected and how to treat them? It's a very, um, we don't have blood tests or x-rays, um, brain scans. That's not, we're not looking inside the body. So how did, for hundreds of years, do Chinese doctors know how to know what was wrong with a person? It was through feeling their pulse. And when we, we can, there's certain places on the pulse that we can access that we can understand how blood's flowing through the different organ systems and what medicine this person needs. It's a fascinating, very deep, deep, um, system that, um, isn't really taught in schools because it's so difficult to learn. But I was very privileged. I had this close to study the method of this doctor, Dr. Jimmy Chang, who lives in um, outside of L.A. Um, if anyone's there, they can go see him. He developed um, a method to, to read the pulse. He took the ancient wisdom that no one really understood. He made it very simple so that people like me and my colleagues could understand how to read a patient's pulse. I'm bringing it up to you because it's really fascinating, but also because people in recovery and, and patients, they love it. And it's actually why I became an acupuncturist, because when I had my pulse read, I was completely inspired and moved that my body could tell the practitioner what it needed. I didn't have to say a word. The practitioner knew how to help me, and I was in, I was I was in awe of the chachma of the body of Hashem, what Hashem has given us these tools. It's just awesome. So, um, so we 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 placed our fingers at different areas of the pulse to see what the patient is struggling with. I want to show you what a PTSD pulse is, and then I'm going to go into some cases, and we'll be finished in a few minutes. Um, so when I put my fingers on the pulse, okay. This is what a normal pulse looks like, and we're just going to focus on the left hand. So each, so on the left hand, we can assess the heart, the liver, and the kidneys, which are the main organs involved in trauma. So let's just focus on the left hand. On the right hand, we talk, we can feel what's happening with the stomach and the neck and the sinuses, which is also really cool. So my teacher, Dr. Chang, he doesn't even talk to a patient. The first thing he does when he meets someone is he puts his fingers on their pulse and he tells them what's wrong with them. He's never wrong. That's the accuracy of the pulse. So the top picture, this is the left hand, okay? In the first first position of the pulse, closest to the fingers, we feel for the heart. What's going on with the heart of this person? And when we say the heart, we mean the physical heart, but we also mean the capacity of the heart. So that means that this person's ability to think clearly, their ability to access joy, the energy levels that they have, um... Are they having chest pain? All this can be felt in the pulse. They don't have to say a word. Okay, and that should be felt at the top, and it should be like a nice rounded rainbow. The next position is the liver. And the liver organ, as I said, is associated with anger, frustration, the the ability to, to manage our emotions, to move in and out of them, which is what health is. In trauma, in anxiety, and in depression, where the person is stuck in one emotion. Okay? And this should be felt in the middle and like a straight line, like literally the artery feels this way under our fingertips. And the third position is the kidneys. And this is the adrenals. This is the nervous system. This is what gets thrown out of whack in trauma and pain. And this should be felt close to the bone. The the picture now on the bottom is what a person in distress and PTSD is. This is what their pulse feels, feels like. Everything has gone the opposite way. It's not where it should be. The heart sometimes is on top and on bottom, but you could see the liver, the second and third positions are not where they're supposed to be. And so as soon as we feel that pulse, we know exactly what this person needs. They need to be replenished. Their nervous system has gone haywire. They're not sleeping. They're, they're running on adrenaline. They can't calm down because they're running on adrenaline. And so they don't need, they don't need a sedative. All a sedative is doing is masking their pain. Um, and it's not even helping them settle down. What they need to is to be replenished and rebalanced. And that's why this medicine works so well, because that's what it does, and it does it very quickly. So people with this pulse, um, I give the example of a candle, and it's wax. So um, we come into life, 
with a certain amount of resources. We, we replenish those resources with food and rest and exercise. These are things that our patients aren't getting, right? And so their wax, their resources is, is, is getting depleted, 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 and there's just flame burning. Um, so these are people who are very hot at night. They have night sweats. They have nightmares, anxiety. A lot of their symptoms are showing up at night where they're meant to be replenishing, but they can't. So our medicine comes and replenishes, literally fills them back up. And I also just want to bring up hormones in women because I'm finding more and more if we don't, sorry, if we don't address, if we don't address the hormones in women in trauma recovery, we're not doing enough for them. And I learned this through practice. I found just by replenishing them and address, and rebalancing their hormone, rebalancing their, their nervous systems, helping them feel good and calm wasn't enough. They weren't getting better fast enough until I started layering in treatment for the menstrual disorders that they're experiencing, and that's when they really make tremendous strides. So let's go through some cases. The first woman I treated um, years ago from trauma recovery was a 23-year-old female. She came in for anxiety and depression. She was referred by her therapist. Um, her main symptom was dissoci- dissociation and numbness. So when she became anxious, she couldn't feel her hands. And what she learned with her, th- with her therapist is if I, if she puts an ice cube on her hands, then she'll have feeling. Okay. This is a common symptom in PTSD. She also came in, right, um, with PMS, allergy, stomach pain, other things that were very distressing, making life very uncomfortable. Her symptoms began at age 11. So she was dealing with this for over 10 years. And at age 11, an incident happened, which triggered an earlier childhood memory. And that's how this all began. Um, with one treatment, she used to feel, if she had an anxious day, it, she would feel, not feel her arms the whole day. Within one tr- acupuncture treatment, her anxiety, her dissociation went down to one hour versus a whole day. So she's, her, she couldn't feel her arms for one hour. Okay, Within two treatments, um, it was diminished even more. So I saw her three times within two weeks, and in that time, 40% improvement in her anxiety, 60% improvement in her allergies. So she was getting more comfortable. We were clearing up her sinuses. She could breathe better. She was sleeping better. She was feeling her arms again. It wasn't something she had to panic about. And within just um, under three months, we had also addressed the PMS, and the stomach took a little bit longer. But within just a few months, most of her her uncomfortable symptoms of PTSD were eliminated and she was still in therapy, but now therapy was not so much about how to manage anxiety and these symptoms. Her therapy was about how to move forward in her life, in her career, in her relationships. Um, Another woman, 28-year-old female, came in recently with uh, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, dizziness, brain fog, and lethargy since age 14. You can see her pulse. Oh, sorry. You can see her pulse is the PTSD pulse. Everything is raised up high on top, hyper, hyper active, um, nervous system. And, um, she woke up to her trauma a few months after having, uh, her early childhood trauma after having her child. And she was very non-functional at home. Her marriage was being impacted. Um, she couldn't really interact with her children. Um, at the same time, she also was having irregular periods and hormonal acne and, um, just very uncomfortable every day of life and somehow getting to work every day. So I saw her not every, usually like to see people once a week. She wasn't able to do that. So it took a little bit longer. Um, also her chief concern was dizziness, which no doctor could diagnose. Everyone comes to acupuncture when the doctors can't help. So she had seen every, ENT, maybe neurologist, doctors couldn't, couldn't understand where her dizziness was coming from. So within four months, her dizziness was absolutely gone. And this is very significant now. Her suicidal thoughts were reduced from a daily occurrence to just twice a month. And this changed because I added in support for her irregular periods. 
for, for the first two months, I wasn't doing that. I was focused more on the dizziness and the trauma. And things really started to shift when we started working with her periods. And so the suicidal thoughts came down to just twice a month at ovulation and right before her period, which was really great because they came down, but also because now we knew when she needed to come in. So she can't come in every week. And so I asked her, you must I told her you must come in now right before ovulation and right before your menstrual period so we can keep diminishing um, the effects because it would rock her world. She'd be in bed for days um, and really not functioning. So after these four months, she came in and said, I was a joyful, full of energy, happy wife and happy mother for the last three weeks. And she's now mindful of how stress is impacting. So she was completely disconnected from her body. So her body was taking over and um, running the show. And now the body's more under control and she's now more aware of it. And she can now tap into how stress impacts her and, and do something about it. Male, a male age 32 came in also very recently with severe leg, uh, severe back leg and knee pain and numbness for six weeks. Sorry. Thank you. I'm skipping some things. <laughs> um, it happened when he was walking home from shul. So when I hear things like that, such a such intense pain happening from a walk or something, we know there's something deeper happening. Um, he had a couple MRIs. He went to three specialists. Uh, he was diagnosed with a bulging disc at L3, and he was put on very strong medications, five of them. Nothing was working. Couldn't walk, couldn't move, has a family, has a business, right? And is really not functioning. So we did a full intake. Sure enough, he has the pulse, right? The trauma, hypersympathetic ner um, nervous system pulse. And he said, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm blessed. I love my life. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So I said, okay, can I feel your pulse? So I felt the pulse, and then I explained to him what I felt. So sometimes this pulse work is a way to open the door to conversation to things that people are not yet comfortable to talk about or also don't think it's relevant. A lot of people don't know the connection between their emotional state and their physical state. So I said, this is what I'm feeling. Does this, does this, um, can you connect to any of this? Does this mean anything to you? Also, do you see the two little dots on the bottom picture on the third, in the third box, you see this? So that was, I was able to feel the discs, the bulging discs. You can feel everything in the pulse. So even when they, what, if a person doesn't say anything, you can feel it. So um, sure enough, you know, after a little bit of talking, he was able to open up and say um, that he was, growing up, he was a skip. So he was a witness to a lot of trauma at home. And he was the kid everybody talked to. He's such a you know good warm guy, and there was um, a family simcha coming up, and it was really stressing him out. And sure enough, um, it showed up in this debilitating pain. So he got it off his chest, thank God, right? Because the the treatment room is a, is a safe space, and this space where you know things can you can drop things there and you can leave them there. Um, and he had just two treatments, and he was pain free. Stops his medications. Absolutely. Yeah, that's an external invasion. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not an infectious disease specialist, but I do, I do think they're affecting us parasites to a great deal. Yeah, a great deal. Yeah. I know. Yeah. No, it could be, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Good question. Do you feel the needles? That's the first thing everyone asks. Is it painful? Um, sometimes you feel it and sometimes you don't. The needle is the size of two hairs. and The needle's only the size of two hairs in thickness. It's very thin. So depending on the part of the body we're working on, you may the person may not even know it went in. Now, if they do feel it go in, it's just, it could be a slight tingle or a pinch, and it goes away within a few seconds. And then right after that, um, feeling the nervous system is, is regulated and calm happens and people fall asleep within 15 minutes. Um, this is another example of a woman with reproductive debilitating pain, was hospitalized. Um, thank you. 
and here, here you can feel, um, I was able to feel the cyst in her body that was causing the debilitating pain. And I just bring this up because again, helping the women in recovery, women who are still healing through trauma 10, 20, 30 years later, and it's manifesting in their bodies. And it's not only keeping them uncomfortable, but it's in fact, it's affecting their marriages. It's affecting their ability to have children. And, um, it's, um, it, it, you know, it's a big component of their recovery. Um, she's on her way to treatment. Thank God. And I want to bring up this last case and then I'm going to close. Um, this was a 28 year old female I worked with and, she came in um, for symptoms associated with PTSD, panic, anxiety, insomnia, everything we've been talking about. She came sporadically, so um, the treatment was a little bit, you know, not as effective as, as, as I would like. I put her on herbs to help her with her sleep and her nightmares, and the nightmares go away pretty fast also, you should know, on the herbs. Just a few doses. Nightmares go away because the body's getting what it needs to settle down. But she wasn't she wasn't healing as fast as I would like, and this is the medicine that works fast. And I trained with teachers who taught me that you have to get the job done, right? But these Taiwanese doctors they tell us you better you got to get the job done, do this medicine well. And um, so she wasn't getting better fast enough for me, and I knew I had to layer something else in. And so we were talking one day, and she brought up her base Yaakov upbringing. And because she brought that up, I saw that as an opening to talk about soul with her and spirit because the, the therapy and the herbs wasn't enough, wasn't enough. And she was open. And I said, can I offer you something to help you with sleep that we may not have tried? And she said, sure. I said, do you know about Kriyat Shmalamita? So she said, no. <laughs> so I was surprised. She had never learned it, right, growing up in our um, educational system. So I took one out. And we went through it line by line. And I I went, especially the first paragraph, the Ribbon Sholem, because I explained to her, this is a moment every day where you get to um, let go and free yourself from the pain. You get to disconnect from the people who have hurt you. The forgiveness, right? We know forgiveness is for the person. You get to forgive and you get to detach. And um, she really liked that. And I then talked about the rest of the, the Shema and how it's full of Tehillim for protection and asking Hashem to protect us and give us a good night's sleep and then wake us up to a great new day. And, you know, as we know, sleep is incredibly hard for our loved ones and our patients. So she she said, I'm going to try it. She trusted me. And I couldn't believe it. She came in the next week. She had done it every night. She was sleeping amazing through the night, falling asleep easy, sleeping through the night, and it continues it every single day for months. And so it was um, it was such a beautiful moment to to bring in the the treasures of our Torah and our lifestyle, our Torah lifestyle, to bring healing into the body and to re- reconnect her to her roots, right? It was awesome. So um, thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm wishing everyone here lots of... Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. It does. depends on the plan, and not every practitioner. It depends if your practitioner takes it in-network, out-of-network. But the, the PPO plans do cover, and a lot of companies do cover. The Medicare, Medicaid's don't. The community plans don't. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's always a question. Um, the When I've asked and when my kosher patients ask, the suck they get, they get the heter because it's medicinal. They don't taste very good. Um, and if there ever is, you know, if a person doesn't want to drink them, um, they, we can make it into pills for them. And so sometimes the Rav prefers that it's in pill form, but most of the herbs that I use don't, aren't, there's no cautious issue. It's plants. I mix them myself, but I source them from companies that they're already. So that's a good question. So, Traditionally, people would have to cook their herbs, um, but nowadays that's every every herb is made into a powder, and then I can just mix the powders, and you just have to add water and drink it as a tea. No, we, I haven't I haven't done that, um, but we help um, bring the inflammation down in the colon, so there's less symptoms, um, and 
they're more comfortable. Sometimes they're able to eat more if they're very sensitive to food. Diagnosis of anything? Yeah, no, you don't. You just, no. You can come in with any symptom, any pain. It can be addressed. Really anything. Yeah, it's a... It's a good, no, thank you for bringing that up. It's a very, it is an important distinction because this medicine can be practiced in very many ways and every practitioner has their own style. Um, I, I, I do have a lot of training in trauma and I'm a very sensitive person and very sensitive to a person's needs. So, so like any healing relationship, your, you know, your child has to connect with the person and feel safe. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what, yeah, great question. So what my teacher meant by that was that every time a patient's in your room, you have to have a, they, you, they have to get better. So every time a person, that means every time a person comes in, something is changing, something's getting better, be effective. Now, so that means there's always going to be relief, but to, to turn over a disease pattern can take time. Minimum, minimum course of treatment is once a week for six weeks. Sometimes that's enough. Um, for, you know, more mild cases, but for a woman with, um, let's say trauma and then underlying menstrual gynecological issues, I'd say a minimum of three months within two months, most of their symptoms are resolved once a week, but it can take three, four months to turn around a cycle. So the, the acupuncture helps with addiction recovery. So it has been shown to reduce cravings, um, and by helping a person find other ways to calm themselves without the substance, it's it's a tool. And the hope is that with enough treatment, the, the body gets more into balance and regulated, and there becomes less of a desire and less of a need for the other the substances. It has to be done. Treat right. So I I'm not I don't treat anyone on hard drugs, um, but at Lincoln Hospital, Doctor Smith was doing that. The people I see are, some of them are um, using weed. But they stop, they stop soon because they start to feel better without it. And they feel, they feel calm without feeling tired or any of the other side effects. And often when I explain to them what it's doing, it, it, it strikes a chord with them. Thank you. Thank very you. Much. Thank you.